Welcome to the We Are Here podcast, a podcast all about entrepreneurship on the South Coast, collecting stories and lessons from entrepreneurs and community leaders to learn firsthand how they've built their business or organization so we can build our own. The South Coast is a small place and we're letting the business world know that we are here. Show your support by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast and join the newsletter for all of our latest announcements and upcoming episodes at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. That's southcoast.fm slash right, everybody, subscribe. welcome back to the We Are Here podcast. This time, my guest is Allison Fonts Richards, the founder of the South Coast Open Air Market. We're going to talk about her journey starting this business, why she started this business, but now her biggest leap in the business is going from running the market in Somerset in a nice big open field where logistics are fairly straightforward to now running the market in New Bedford, and the downtown streets of New Bedford. So now there's a particular challenge here with the logistics of the business, running two separate markets, growing, and we're going to learn all of those great lessons that Allison wants to share with us today. So it's an amazing conversation. She's a, an amazing entrepreneur, and I'm so thankful that she was able to share these lessons with us. A lot of a lot of talk about marketing and branding and getting the message out there too. So if you're a business on the South Coast, definitely pay attention to what Allison is doing to just grow a community or an audience around the brand, around the business. I think you'll find it quite useful. It's southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join that mailing list. When you join the mailing list, I will email you immediately when new episodes are out or any other specials that I'm running with some of our partner businesses. Definitely stay in touch with the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, leave us a five-star review or a rating in those podcast players that you're listening in. It really helps us get found and share this with other folks in your community, in your business community, on your Facebook page, on your Twitter, on your LinkedIn, wherever you have it. Uh, we really want to get southcoast.fm and the We Are Here podcast off the ground over the summertime. All right, let's dive into Allison's interview. Hey everybody, welcome back to the We Are Here podcast on southcoast.fm. If this is your first time listening, where the heck have you been? <laughs> we've been we've been doing this now for eight episodes and we've been covering all of the fun startups that are happening on the south coast you can subscribe at southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join the mailing list and find us on all of your favorite podcast networks apps i don't know podcasting needs they like <laughs> this is the problem with podcasting is they they can't even say they because it's just a collection of technologies, but there has to be something like Apple has to make a big push into making podcast listening so much easier. Mm. I won't put you on the spot for that oh, question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you're listening to today is Allison Fonts Richards, the founder of South Coast Open Air Market. You can get all the information at southcoastopenairmarket.com. Allison, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. I think one of the big things happening, well, you just graduated e for all Whew, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was fun. Um, I saw you going through that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and typically when I would see you, so I would meet up with my entrepreneur at the UMass building in Fall River. And I'd see you like coming in like, oh my God, I'm going to get like getting to class. Like I could just see <laughs> the range of emotions, the range intensity. of emotion, the intensity <laughs> and the stress on top of you as you walk through. Yeah. I don't um, hide it well. <laughs> but now you're 
coming to New Bedford. Yes. Right. So yeah. in Somerset now, formerly, and now coming into New Bedford. Yeah. And which is, is still, um, gives me this mixture of feeling of excitement and extreme nerves. <laughs> um, but overall I've, I've said it a billion times now that the more I learn about New Bedford, the more I feel like we're coming home. Um, I am originally from, we lived in Philly, my husband and I, that's uh, where we started our family. And when we moved to Massachusetts, it was like that I always considered Philly still my home. There was so much that just hit me at the core of the arts and the culture and the collaboration and the liveliness that uh, when we moved to Somerset, though I grew up on a lake in New Jersey, some of that felt like home. I was still missing that vibrancy. Um, little did I know it was about 20 minutes from me uh, here in New Bedford. So it was great going through e for all because I think it really immersed us having just us you know, have classes here at Groundwork, but really meeting and connecting with a lot of key players in New Bedford that are making stuff happen. Yeah. Um, I was like, these are my people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just an interesting timing of going through e for all coming to Groundwork, meeting so many people, collaborating, all that energy, and us being pulled to New Bedford through with SOAM. Yeah. So it was just this immersion into figuring things out here and how things are going to be a little bit different in New Bedford logistically opening up the market here but at the same time feeling this feels so familiar and so right what is what is the market what, like what's the <laughs> elevator pitch that you've been fine-tuning oh, over the gosh. last 90 days well I've always struggled with the elevator pitch because um, what's different and unique about SOAM is that we are an open-air market that serves the vendors first they're our first customer. So my elevator pitch started out um, with that in mind and trying to appeal to the vendor, but not everybody is a vendor that I would meet in an elevator. Right. <laughs> they might be, and the end customer is just as important. So right. SOAM is the South Coast open air market. We offer a curated, professionally curated, rotating selection of artisans, farmers, uh, live music, nonprofits, awesome food trucks, and just a really hub of everything that's fresh, local, and handmade. And I was just looking at, I forget if it was on your Facebook page the other day, but you were highlighting Venn. And, and yeah. this, is, this really shines through is how I should frame this. So it really shines through when I see you highlight these vendors and you did like a video reel of showcasing, I believe, someone who makes soaps or something. Yeah, Sherry, the Better um, Soap Company. The, the idea that you serve vendors first. I mean, that, that must be a warm welcome <laughs> yeah. for small business owners because yeah. typically like all the folks that I talk to on this podcast and myself, you know, building businesses for probably like the last 20 years or so is like, you always feel alone mm -hmm. doing this stuff. And mm -hmm. maybe even we'll talk about that, how maybe you might feel a little bit alone, like doing yeah. this stuff, even though you have all these people around you. Um, does that really open up the doors? Like people must, seek you out now right can do they like have to apply to be a part of this yeah. so they look at that and be like oh my god i want to get into this how yeah. do i do that and that's the hardest part that's where wearing the the two hats um because you only have so much room yeah I mean, yeah really that's what the the limit is we yeah wearing the the hat of being warm and welcoming and wanting to accept and support all these small businesses to also going but 
We're curated (laughs) (laughs) and we need to understand that that is hugely important to our success. Um, And though we're a springboard for businesses that are just starting out, we really curate to make sure that they're taking their business seriously. Right. And I know being on the vendor side of markets um, for 12 years, the rejections are hard. Right. But once you get past that initial emotion, and I always encourage in our rejection emails to, these are the reasons why, and that it's just not the right time and not to apply again. Um, But there are certain standards that we have because we want to continue. I'm looking at this for the long haul. And also the type of vendor we want to attract is someone who really wants to turn their hobby into a full-time business. And I think to do that, you have to take it seriously. And you have to, even if it's just kind of finding ways to better curate your own space and to make it look a little bit more presentable or to really hone in on what your craft is. Because I think that's sometimes, um, and I, I fall victim to this all the time yeah, as a maker. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think you can make everything and right. you want to make everything. And some, a friend asked you to do this and you make that. And next thing you know, you have that as a product line. And there's so many wonderful businesses start off that way with just being inspired by someone who asked them to make something. It's important <coughs> that you specialize in something mm-hmm. and that people, when they come up to you right away, Way or land on your website or meet you at the market, they know who you're, who you are, what you're about, and what your passion is. Um, so we really look for people who are specialized in a niche of what they're doing, and that shows through. So those are some of the criteria we look for. Um, but it is interesting because <coughs> it just go back two years ago um, when I had this idea and I was launching So Am, and we were headed into our first season. I was really like, will anybody apply? (laughs) And now we are here two years later and I'm having to send out more rejection letters than acceptance emails. And it's, it's a little heartbreaking, but it's kind of the, the win lose of being successful and growing. Um, but yeah, (laughs) I don't like that role. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this is a common thing, right? I, I would imagine where these makers or small business builders mm-hmm. apply to I mean is there a lot of open air markets that people are applying to uh, or yeah. not, not to put your yeah. competition out oh there. no <laughs> it's always good to know your competition yeah, yeah, yeah. um and like I said I've been doing these markets um for 12 years so I've had a a variety of ones I've done and I've kind of taken mental notes of what makes them successful for different reasons mm-hmm. um because that's what I was realizing is that most of these markets um on the surface level you value how many people are coming through or how good of a sales day you had and yes that is vital for a vendor to make good money and to make it worth their time and to have a lot of people there to have that exposure but the thing that i found that was like missing and was kind of almost an epidemic between a large market or a small farmer's market, because I've done them all, um, was that there really wasn't much consideration for the vendor and their story. Um, I felt like, you know, though even the markets that were professionally curated, um, you hardly ever met the market manager or the person who started the market. Um, And then you also felt like you weren't really valued in that sense, that there was not that personal connection, but that created kind of an energy throughout the whole market is that there was no one curating like a community here. With right. all, you have all these awesome artisans and makers and creative types that are cut from the same cloth and we're all kind of standing in our isolated bubbles at these markets. Right. And I'm like, 
there's something missing out here. Like we need to foster this community because it's going to translate into the to the right customer showing up. Well, I I think so because that's what we I feel personally is if you start okay. your day off feeling like you know your vendor neighbor, you feel like you all are a part of a bigger mission here. You all can help collaborate and cross promote and support each other, um, and you. You just feel like what we call is like our so family, part of a family of these people who are out here doing the same thing and doing it. And it takes a lot of courage yeah. to, to put yourself out there. And I feel like if you are in that energy of like, you know, you all matter, what you're doing is important um, and you're valued and heard, then that translates out into the whole energy of the market. You're going to get people that pick up on that, that they're, they, you know, as an end customer, you approach it. A tent and someone's bubbly and happy because they didn't just have a stressed out day where they were trying to set up their tent by themselves. Because right. even setting up your tent by yourself, <laughs> you need an extra set of hands. Right, and right. so if you already feel like you know your neighbors, it's much easier to reach out and ask and give that support. And that creates a whole different vibe that definitely ripples out into and the whole market. So let, let's talk about just the locations right now. So yeah. how many years in Somerset have you been doing this and where in Somerset? Yes. So People who are listening can yes. obviously find you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so we are in on the corner of New Hill and Riverside Avenue in Somerset. Pretty much as you cross over the bridge into Somerset, the Veterans Memorial Bridge from Fall River, you can't miss us. In fact, our opening day of our first season, we caused a little bit of a traffic jam. I think because not people knew what was going on, but they saw something going on, and we caused a huge backup on the bridge. But um, So you can't miss us, um, and we're in this just large field that actually used to be farmland. Mm -hmm. um, it was sitting kind of empty and vacant. The town owned it, and that's that's where this all began. <laughs> I would drive by that all the time yeah. and be like, "What's what do they do with this? Nothing. <laughs> like I, see, I see people park on the side yeah. of it, and that's it. Like yeah. I, I would go to Home Depot, and I would see it there all the time, and I would always question it. And and the new location in New Bedford is going to be to, is going to be where? Yeah, so it's um, downtown New Bedford, right along Purchase Street. There nicely supportive of letting us shut down two streets. Um, we're going to be the center of the markets on Union and Purchase. But from Purchase to Williams and Purchase to Spring are where Artisan's going to be. Um, our farmers are going to be in the Wings Court. And for the first couple of markets, um, our food vendors and our SOAM Kid Biz are going to be in the Custom House Square. So logistically mm -hmm. quite different <laughs> yeah <laughs> one totally place different. you have one massive field where you can kind of just do whatever i guess to a yeah. degree it's all square uh -huh. now you have streets yeah <laughs> what, what is so what has been the, the particular challenge in just like thinking about setting it up and do you have a lesser number of vendors because of that mm -hmm. and what challenges came about that yeah so it's um definitely restrictive um the you have to and i keep telling my husband are you sure the measurements are right are you sure because there's not this grass field that you can just uh, we know move who to blame yeah. we know who oh, to blame it's the husband. <laughs> he's been and that's where i realized early on logistics are not completely my thing so um bringing on uh, my husband to fulfill that role was probably the smartest decision i made early on um and especially as we're moving into new bedford because it really is the biggest challenge that we're facing here is making sure logistically that we keep up our repertoire of being a well-run, well-organized, uh, easy, smooth event for our vendors. Mm -hmm. And this is um, definitely where most of my stress lies because <laughs> it's not, it's one of those things that's until you do it too, you really can't 
understand how it's going to work. We can yeah. have a plan, right. but if the plan fails too, it's um, going to kind of take on the spot revision. Yeah. But it does um, lessen the number of spots available for our artisans. Um, and then, so yeah, that, that stinks even more because that, <laughs> that has to come back on a little bit more strictly um, with our new Bedford location. But uh, at the same point, I just, I'm excited about more of the opportunities here and to grow here. Um, what was the biggest challenge coming from, or what was the biggest unexpected thing that happened? Like you were like, well, nah, boy, we're going to, we're going to go to the streets in New Bedford. We're going to set this, <laughs> we're going to set up this open air market. This is going to be, you know, you know, there's going to be challenges yeah. and, but you're like, I'll, 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 I'll get that. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But what was one that really snuck up on you? That was just like, oh boy, I didn't um, even think that was going to be a thing. Well, well, twofold. <clears throat> um, so where we are now in Somerset is a big grass field with just a, a line of residential houses nearby and a bridge on the other side. Um, coming to New Bedford and the city, you are so closely neighbored with other small businesses. Um, and though I think that's an amazing opportunity for collaboration, I also have to be sensitive to some. We can be viewed as competition. Right. So I think very early on, it was important that I was... because. I knew we were about that, but it can be, especially because you're coming from Somerset, like, who are you outsiders? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your ruralness. We're all on the South Coast here. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it was more of, like, understanding that sensitivity and sure. getting ahead of it. Um, so, actually, in e for all we were to come up with goals, and one of my accelerator goals was to... Um, meet with the businesses along where we'd be setting up. And I really wanted to meet in person. That was hugely um, an important thing to me because I feel like that can be really translated, your intentionality and your heart when you have like an in-person relationship and contact. Fortunately, before I even had to go down that knocking on the doors and walking in, because that's also a little awkward. um, Alyssa from Calico, who heads um, the nonprofit downtown New Bedford, reached out to me and she said, you know, come to one of our meetings and introduce yourselves. (laughs) And let me tell you, I this is where I come back to, like, these are my people. And they were so... And it wasn't a matter of like open arms completely. Like there are definite things we need to consider in our curation and not causing overlap um, intentionally or unintentionally um, and being mindful of how we can bring in these businesses, how we can be this win-win. Everything from a small detail of listening to what they thought on how we were going to set up and what streets we were going to set up on and and hearing their feedback from how things flow and um, potential problems and Again, we came with the idea of like, we want to work with what you know and what we know from our perspective of running the market and find the best answer where we're not infringing, but we're all rising with the tide. Um, so it was even things like um, setting up down the middle of Purchase Street rather than putting the tents on the sidewalks, just giving that physical like balanced so people can shop the shops along the street and also shop us in the center so we're not blocking any entrance to their stores or with um tapping into the awesome restaurants here like we don't need to bring all these different you know hot food varieties because they're already here yeah like and we're going to make sure that we're promoting them um, for people coming out to our market to stop in there for lunch you know or grab a juice from people's pressed um because why bring it if it's already here we want to celebrate the amazing small businesses that are here so 
Somerset's in a field. You're in the streets. Yeah. You're in the middle of the street. Yeah. They're mu- like, obviously, you had to get somebody's permission to yeah. shut down oh, a street. So yeah, that was, <laughs> what the, was I, that okay. Like? So that was really the biggest hurdle. I yeah. think is um, in Somerset we're much smaller in our town hall. Here, there's so many more people to talk to, yeah. um, and that have a hand in it. And um, I think we were a little bit of an unfamiliar thing too, because we are a farmer's market, but we have artisans and we do have uh, prepared foods. And so I think we've, and New Bedford's done a wonderful job at kind of navigating this with us um, and being supportive, but there were just so many more departments here. And I was like, I had no idea. So people (laughs) like Dina and Jim McKeague and Stephanie Perks of the Food Shed were amazing assets to have and connections to have because there were points where I was like, ah, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have somebody, did, did they just guide you to who you speak to? Or did yeah. you try knocking on a door first and be like, oh my, man, this is way too way too much for me uh we we kind of let them shine the light of where to go because it was a little bit harder to understand where to even start or who to start with with asking permission um and we did have one sit down meeting with i don't even know half the people that were there (laughs) Uh, because there's so many and that was i heard that was the first time that they've ever sat with like had a meeting with all the department heads um so but again it it was really nice to see that there's just so many people who what came across in that meeting is that so many people care about this city and mm-hmm. care about there being amazing things here and want to make that happen but with you know keeping to the guidelines of things but they all showed up to the table and that was awesome to see we hope you're enjoying this episode so far with allison she's certainly making an amazing move bringing the south coast open air market to new bedford it's been interesting to kind of learn the ins and outs of how it got started and some of the hurdles that she has to overcome. But if marketing or web marketing is a hurdle for you, check out Slocum Studio located over in Dartmouth. You can find it at slocumstudio.com. If you're looking for web marketing help, uh, getting some advice on building that email list, growing your audience online, doing stuff with SEO, check out slocumstudio.com. That's who this episode is brought to you by. All right, let's get back to Allison's story. Do you do you recreate the a new curation process for this market, or well, did you open up to like the folks in Somerset and say, "Hey, 12, yeah. 12 limited spots"? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, our Soamily again, I, I use that word often because it's the best way to describe them. Our vendor group, which consists of over three hundred and fifty vendors now, um, we we love on them, we care about them, so of course we announce things first to them. But our Soamily group is a mixture of People from Providence, Attleboro, uh, Dartmouth, Taunton, they're not just Somerset and Swansea mm. um, vendors. And we noticed a lot were coming from, <clears throat> excuse me, from New Bedford because it is this hub and mecca of the creatives. Yeah. Um, so I think in some ways, a lot of our vendors that were already um, coming from here were like, yes, <laughs> and they got it right away. <laughs> yeah. um, I think some of our Swansea Somerset vendors were a little more like, all the way over New Bedford, yeah. you know? So it was interesting to even see those um, preconceived notions play out in our, our microcosm of yeah. our Soamily. Yeah. Um, and I must admit, like, I, if I hadn't lived in Philly and experienced more of a city-type um, lifestyle, 
maybe I would be nervous too yeah. about doing this. Um, so I wanted to be sensitive to the, yeah. when we announced that. Um, yeah, you're, you're like, this is a city? <laughs> yeah, like this, right. this is a city? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you don't have a clue what the city, yeah, yeah, what exactly, city streets are exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, are people going to steal from us? <laughs> no. Um, so, you know, and I think it's just a matter of I can um, calm nerves about that, but it's just fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once what's cool is that we're going to, in some ways, our principles, our values are going to say the same when, wherever we are, um, whatever location we're at. And so I think our ceremony can find comfort in that is that we're still the same in terms of we're going to have a well-run event. It's going to be well-marketed. We're going to share your stories. We're going to collaborate. We're going to give that same energy to the start of the day and the end of the day. Like we'll still ring our cowbells, even though we're (laughs) in the city street now, um, as our opening. So there'll be some familiarity there. Um, but I think there's just so much that we don't even see on the horizon yet. That's going to be opened up for us being here let's talk about marketing and getting the message out because yeah. i mean consistently you've been doing it in somerset so people are accustomed mm-hmm. to the schedules and times and showing up and mm-hmm. now we've got something brand new yeah. and you still have somerset so like what is the strategy or what's the working strategy yeah. for marketing and promoting new bedford mm-hmm. and do you share that responsibility i'll call it a shared responsibility uh-huh. with vendors because yeah. i would you know if i were you i would say hey vendors we're going to work for you to, to market it, but mm-hmm. you should really promote it too. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the cool thing is, and I, I, I go back to Seth Godin's theory on this. I love Seth Godin. Uh, he's my marketing guru <laughs> is that if, so the whole idea of the funnel system mm-hmm. where, um, you throw a bunch of people in the top of the funnel and hope a couple will come out. But his idea, and I've, I just stick to this is if you love on and care for a few, that sales funnel flips over to a microphone that they use to promote you. If you share their story, they're going to share your story. If you make them understand that they are valuable and a huge asset to the success of this market, they're going to feel a sense of belonging and responsibility with that to see that it's successful. And that's that's what we've seen. For example, is um, we did our first winter event, um, snow. We love our acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> it stood for Somerset's Night of Winter. And we honestly decided this like a month out from it that we were going to do this um, this winter holiday market. And uh, so we didn't have too much time, but we have an amazing group of vendors that signed up right away. Again, that was hard <laughs> because we had even limited, more limited spots. So we were turning down some people. That and where were, was it located? It was um, in Somerset at the Somerset Berkeley Regional High School oh, okay. in their dining hall, which is a beautiful location. Um, but much smaller than a giant field <laughs> yeah. so we were even having to curate among our so family yeah. um so that was hard that was tough but as i'm watching and social media has been our number one form of marketing and advertising it's you know the digital word of mouth and i was watching the event page for it and it was like ten thousand views and then you know fifteen thousand and then it Right before the event, it was up to 69,000 views. And I (laughs) was like, holy cow. (laughs) Because I'm also thinking, okay, it's a four-hour event. Everyone that loves SOAM during the summer and fall are going to come out to it. It's being shared. Our vendors are doing an amazing job at marketing and sharing this event. 
And that's what we ran into is yeah. an abundance problem. Yeah, we yeah, had too yeah. many people too, too show many people. up. Yeah. Um, so, and again, but I think it, it's, it's that collaborative community effort among our vendors. If we're all sharing and promoting and genuinely excited about this event, um, then there are your microphones. Yeah. You know, is there a, a particular, when you look at curating, um, a vendor to be in, uh, the Soamily, do you, do you look at that too and, and say like, what's your business acumen before mm -hmm. we get into this? Because it is this group effort, not just you, you might, you, you can't just have a great product and yeah. show up and do that, but also you have to be able to kind of get this concept. Yeah. Is that part of the formula? Yeah. Well, so one of the first things I did when I started, so am is I started this Facebook private Facebook vendor group, um, because I wanted a way to connect immediately to our vendors to just in the beginning, it was just to communicate, um, practical logistical things of the day um, what to expect and just to give it another tool of resource of information um, and then what I saw happening was um, more engagement from the vendors reaching out with particular questions and then it was more of the vendors to vendors reaching out to each other on the group and I saw this organic community happening of support and helping answer each other's questions um, sometimes before e even I would get to answer a question another you know, more seasoned vendor would jump in to help the newer vendor um, give them tips for the day. So um, there was just this community of support happening right away. And I, I, I would like to think that there was intentionality behind that, but it happened in a, a very natural way. And, but going through e for all it became important to me to recognize that that was a huge value of ours. Um, and even people, it's like, uh, and it, it's not for everyone, no, not everyone's kumbaya, but I think even the people that aren't, it'd be people, a little strange if yeah, everyone was, yeah, <laughs> you know, we all don't drink the Kool-Aid and that's fine. But yeah. to know that, that regardless, that energy is still there and that if someone wants to reach into that at any point on when they're ready, or maybe there never will be, but I think it's a good energy to have kind of being rippled out. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, again, it's more of just one of support that we're here if you need us. Um, if you want to have more of a friendship and relationship with other vendors, there's ones eager to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think, um, though going for through e for all I was like you know that's actually a huge value and maybe it's a good thing if we name that because we don't want jerks in this group yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we yeah. don't right. we don't want naysayers negativity and it's not that we don't want to hear the truth but it's like there's a fine line between just being pessimistic and right. you know being a realist so yeah we, it's uh, healthy to have yeah. some kind of you, you gotta have some opposites because uh, you know one person has one opinion and then hopefully you come together yeah. and there's there's a better solution out there. Yeah, and even on our SoAM team because I'm you know the founder of SoAM, but there are so many of us. That yeah. Have so how come, many are? Because yeah. you yeah. kept saying we, and I'm just thinking about <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about you and like your poor husband like having to carry everything like yeah. that. So how, who no. is the team? And in the first couple ones, it was yeah. <laughs> my husband's a saint, but um, so quickly on though in the first season our they weren't even our friends at that time but missy and dan stevens stepped up to the plate just they're just naturally helpers and um they were there and then they were there again and then they were there again and i was like you guys aren't going away are you yeah, yeah. so especially dan stevens he kept um reaching out almost 
just trying to find ways to lighten my load, um, <clears throat> which came at a great time because I'm someone who naturally thinks I can do it all. And he was like, you're going to crash and burn. <laughs> so <laughs> he was a great preventative measure from that yeah. happening. Um, and he had a, a different set of skills that I was really in need of to help us grow. And so he came at a pivotal time. And Missy's our realist. She's the one um, that's his wife, but uh, she keeps us like practical and grounded most of the time. And she's very direct. So she's that person again where you can hear that but you know it comes from a way of lovingness and to help us stay on track um and then um, my husband and then our our friend who I've known since I've pretty much moved up here Jennifer Rigo and uh she's the one that stands the vendors know her is the one that stands on the stump she's short <laughs> and the, um the welcome them in check them in cool. um but she's just kind of a great behind catch-all behind the scenes person that is just She's one I know will always be there yeah. in my life and helping me out in all my endeavors. <laughs> uh, e for all is a common thread mm -hmm. uh, in this podcast that I yeah. do because so far everybody has either touched e for all in some way, worked for e for all, went through e for all. Mm -hmm. I've always said if there's anybody that's going to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> it should it should be you. <laughs> Are you listening, Dave? Are you listening? <laughs> um, t talk to me about like the realization of being the the solo entrepreneur, not, not quite solo, but mm. you know, the, the, the founder of the business and some of that balancing. Cause I mean, I know you do photography Yes, <laughs> because we've used your services before and it's fantastic. Um, and with so am is just a massive thing, even though it's seasonal, I'm sure it never stops for you. No. There's probably no off season no. for you. Um, how do you balance all the different things that you do? And of course, being a mom and yeah. like how does and and did e for all like expose that vulnerability <laughs> at all or did you learn more and you're just more fortified to tackle that talk to me about that solopreneur stuff well it's i think e for all confirmed there's other crazy people out here that try to do it all too <laughs> <laughs> and nothing um no amount of sanity will stop them um and i think that's part of being an entrepreneur is that you are constantly looking for me it comes from a, a mentality of serving you see needs all around you and you want to fulfill those needs and serve those needs um it's healthier to do it in a certain parameter and set boundaries um and focus is always good and like we say to our vendors like focus on specialize you yeah, know yeah um but i think i've always been this way. Um, I can remember back to being five years old and um, making toe pillows. Don't ask. <laughs> They're a thing. <laughs> At least they were in my five-year-old yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, and trying to sell them on my front lawn. And at that time, in our first house, we lived on a highway and we set back 20 feet. No one was stopping. <laughs> but, um, but it's always been in me to create and to share that creation with others. Um, and so it's just translated into different things. Um, with my photography, uh, a friend asked me to photograph her wedding, and I had put photography on the back burner um, since college, and I was like, well, okay, I want to serve her in this way, but I need more practice. So I started doing mini sessions for families, and then I 
continue to serve and continue to serve. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I had a business and she didn't even end up getting married. <laughs> and so some things happen a little accidentally and it's just in my idea of like, I, I, well, I can do that. I yeah. can I can share my talent and passion with that person and they can pay me for it. Right, so, right. Um, but I think especially being a mother, um, because I had my first son who's now 14, he came while I was finishing up college. I think it, it hit me in the face actually then of like, needing that balance quite literally yeah oh yeah <laughs> that will change your path yeah. um and i think actually when i graduated college i was I, my degree was in art education and i was about to i had two full-time positions offered to me and i was gonna I thought i was choosing between one of the two and then i realized like i looked down at him and i was like no i said i've been in and out of his life trying to finish up college these first two years of it i'm like I'm not missing out. Um, And for me, the answer was actually working from home Mm -hmm. to do that. And so I turned down those two positions and it just timed out that that another accidental business was um, actually what kind of led me to start SoAm was a little hero cape. So my son was two and a half the time running around with a dish towel on his neck. And I was like, you need a, a cape or you know it's like i think you're being a superhero and i made him a cape and then his friends came over and they wanted capes so i made more capes and i had you know four nephews i made capes for (laughs) and then i threw it up on etsy and they sold and then the next thing i know i had a business that lasted me for a good while and took me on a ride and so um and got me doing outdoor markets so um you know but through that i feel like there's always been an organicness and following my passion and i think it's important with um the balancing i'll never get it right but i think it's i rather see my my son see me working at something i love Mm -hmm. than going to a job i hate you know yeah so um even though I feel like I'm always choosing between the two, it's definitely worth it, I think, for them to just be so ingrained and in kind of sometimes how it is blurred together. Because mm. I think for me, SOAM is not just a job, it's a yeah. passion. And it's something that I hope whether they become involved in, they already are. <laughs> um, my son sells sodas at SOAM. Um, my other son climbs on trees there. <laughs> but <laughs> but I always want it to them to understand that work can be truly something that is so ingrained in your life that it doesn't become a job. Yeah. Well, typically in the show, what we do is we kind of transfer and start talking to some real tangible marketing points uh, or strategies that people listening to the show might be able to adopt from you. Mm. Uh, you already said that social was was pretty big on your list of oh, like yeah. reaching customers. Um, is there anything else that you're actively doing in the marketing side of things mm. that work for you that you could share with others? Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it really comes down to the word of mouth, making sure we have our marketing starts with just how our events are run and how they're curated and having it essentially not that our vendors are a product, but a good a good product, a good a, event um, for people to attend to attend that they want to come back. I think that's the impression that you can make that gives you the most on return because when someone has a good time there, then they want to bring their friend with them next time or their relative that's in town. So that, that's been our, our goal is to make it something people want to come back to and can't wait for the next one. Um, so I think it starts with your product and honing it in. And that's something we're going to be constantly looking at, looking at who our target customers are, how we can make it a better event for them. Um, 
and just continuing to enhance our product and the the way that we bring value. Um, do you survey your customers? We do. We surveyed before we knew surveying <laughs> was right. cool and eat for we, all. There we, go. <laughs> we were we were onto that the first season. We surveyed our vendors and our, our end customers and we had a pretty good response. Um, and some honest response. And it was really helpful, I think, because I think the pigeonhole you can get into is thinking that everyone is like you or is, has the same reaction. Yeah. And so I think always being open and vulnerable to to hearing others' perspectives is great. Um, and surveys will, especially if they're anonymous, will allow you to do that because it's easy to hear all the um, accolades. Um, but if you truly want to grow and get better, you have to listen to the criticism. Um, so that, that's that been a huge thing as surveying for us. We've continued to do that. And E4ERL just permeated that <laughs> in my head that we will always survey. And the second we stop listening to our customers is the day we die. Yeah. Um, so constantly doing that is huge. And what, that what tools do you use for that? Um, we use Google Forms right now. And again, so much of our outreach is digital. Um, and that's how most of our target cu customers are women <laughs> my age, um, 35 to 45. Um, so the way we reach them is the way we advertise. Um, and that's through you know, digital means. So we send out, we have an email list, um, people who subscribe to our website that always am sending out that stuff too. But we also post on Facebook and um, Dan runs in Instagram. So I don't know. So hopefully at Content Camp this yeah, week, yeah. I will I will learn more about how to use yeah. that. Um, but the, the digital means are, are ways that we do it. All right, Allison, the last question yeah. for anybody who's thinking about starting a business on the South Coast, mm. what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give? Oh, gosh. Um, don't go at it alone. Um, I think, and that can translate to many things. That can translate into joining E4ALL, applying to E4ALL, um, working next to people in groundwork or a co-creative center, um, looking for things like SOAM that really value um, connection, and community and collaboration and support. If you're going at business alone, um, you're on a scarier ride than yeah. it already is, <laughs> you know, and you, you shouldn't have to. And so um, I, I think just finding ways to immerse yourself in people who are going through it with you. Yeah. You're yeah, not alone. For sure. I mean, I love like right now we're recording at Groundwork in New Bedford and it, that even joining that, joining this uh uh, co-working space is even if you can't show up every day, let's say, I mean, it's yeah. still a great way to network with people and work with other people. Um, and I've always said, you know, there's plenty of Facebook groups that are out there. Mm -hmm. And if you really just want to start your own thing, it's like meetup.com, yeah. create a meetup, yeah. create a Facebook group, like get like-minded people together Absolutely. instead of having to wait, no matter what kind of business you do. Right. Absolutely. Cause like toe pillows. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Who There's knew? something for everyone. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, this has been a great conversation, Allison. Where can folks find you to say thanks? Oh, well, I guess mostly on our Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash SOAM, um, southcoastopenairmarket.com. You can send me an email through there or hello at southcoastopenairmarket.com. Um, yeah, multiple ways. <laughs> Everybody else, it's southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Southcoast.fm slash subscribe. where you can join the mailing list and find all of the links to the podcast. We'll see you in the next episode.